Enjoy the convenience of seven days a week banking and extended hours with Cube from First Arkansas Bank and Trust, member FDIC. All right, let's head to the Brandon Moving and Storage Hotline and talk to Michael Felder, who, I again, if, if I'm reading it correctly on Twitter, and it could be in, from a couple of days ago, but are you traveling today, Michael? Yes, I'm headed to New York City. New York City? <laughs> New York City? Sorry, I just went to, what was that salsa commercial? Pace. Pace. Pace That's right, buddy. Uh, work stuff or for fun? Work stuff. Oh, okay. I got I to gotta make sure I can still, you know, have money for my family. Yeah, I was going to say, well, your wife would be pissed if you're shooting the bull with us while she's sitting there waiting on you at the airport. So it's probably good that you're going for work. That's cool. Yeah, work stuff. Um, okay. So I, I saw, I was telling the guys, uh, you saw a guy in the airport with a very odd combo meal. So, no, well, the combo meal was, he just had a, he had a hot dog, a foot-long hot dog. And that felt crazy. I had the whiskey. He had the hot dog. Oh, I thought he was drinking a whiskey neat while he was eating a foot-long hot dog. No, 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 no. He was drinking, a, I think it was a, probably a Pilsner. Okay, that makes more sense. It was a draft beer okay. with the hot dog, and then I had the whiskey. Okay. And I was like, we all, everybody, we all make our bad choices in our own way. Yeah. You know? Like, it's. Yeah, whiskey needs a good airport food, a good airport item. I don't know about a hot dog, a foot long hot dog at the airport. Doesn't sound like a good idea before I get on a plane. But anyway, to each their own. He had to cut it with a knife and fork. You got to be kidding Uh me! He's fancy. No, was he wearing an ascot? I mean, this guy is—he's something. So knife and fork, foot long hot dog. We had a lot of fun with SEC meetings this last week. There was actually some pretty good content that came out of there. A lot of talk about NIL and. Portal and uh, you know we had uh, schedule. What was it? What was it called? Oh, yeah, schedule. And then we had uh, what was it? What was it calling it? Debate gate or whatever it was um, between Jimbo and, and Nick. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, we had some fun stuff happening there. Anything? Anything stand out to you about SEC meetings? Um, I think it's just it's the it's the biggest thing, and we talked about this a lot, uh, two weeks ago, right? It's the, the spectacle of it all. Um, they didn't did they did they answer the question about scheduling, or did they just trot out two different responses? Yeah, they tabled it until uh, this fall when they'll vote on it. Uh, they they expect to get it voted on this fall. Exactly. So they nothing's happened. Uh-uh. It's good for us. They were able to create this general buzz, this general conversation, this mm-hmm. ability to to put themselves at the forefront of college football and the idea uh, in in front of the discussion, even though they didn't do anything. And we've seen this over and over again. We you know going back to the Dion, the Jimbo, the Nick Saban discussion. They've been able to push themselves out in front, and I think it's interesting to watch it play out. Um, but for me, and we talked about this, we talked about this two weeks ago, where we'd rather have the um, we'd rather have the what is it nine and three? That's correct, right? Nine nine conference games with three all like three full time partners. Right. That, that's right. Yeah, I think and that's what we decided that, on. I don't like yeah, nine. We'd all rather have that, but the big thing is going to be. And this is the part, and I don't. I'm trying to choose my words carefully, but I think the big part about this is what do some of the weaker power players want to do? And that's the part that becomes interesting to me. And I, by weaker, I, I don't necessarily always mean scheduling wise, or I don't always mean record wise, but I also I also mean like teams that need other teams to come in to make sure that, that stadium is full. Mm-hmm. That's what I mean more than anything. Right is you like if you miss out on Alabama for six years, like somebody's going to be like, we what are we what are, we can't do this, or you miss out on Florida or LSU. Mm-hmm. It's these other teams that need them to make sure that the stadium's full. 
and that's the part I'm going to be very interested to see how they navigate that space. Not me. I'm trying to figure out how Arkansas can get Vanderbilt scheduled three times a year. <laughs> Vanderbilt's just there three. Like, oh we have yeah, we're doing nine game schedule, three, three guaranteed opponents, and all three are Vanderbilt. Yeah, give me three Vandies, and then whatever else you want with the other six. I don't care. Michael Felder's with us on the Brandon Moving and Storage Hotline. I just saw. I don't know who. Sometimes I don't print the source, so I don't remember know where this came from. I'm sure if we called Oaklawn and got their numbers, it'd be very similar, though. The Razorbacks are over under 7.5 on the season. They have a very difficult schedule, including road trips to places like BYU, and then they've got, of course, Cincinnati coming in for the opener. 7.5 sound about right? It sounds right, and I think the big thing is going to be what this offense looks like. Um, I think the defense is still going to be relatively solid. Obviously, they've lost some pieces. I think Ridgeway... Um, for me, if we're if we were ranking top losses out of college football specifically, I would think he's I think he's a top five, top six guy mm. that a team lost. Wow. Ridgeway's really he was so he was the heart and soul, the literally the middle of the defense, mm-hmm. and so that's a tough one. But you add in Jaden Hazelwood, you get a, a more mature um, KJ Jefferson. I, I, I just think that they have an opportunity to be remarkably explosive offensively, even with the loss of Traylon Burke. So I think that's going to be interesting. I think the big thing for me is going to be how they handle, you know, the transition. And I think that's going to be really rough, like transitioning out of the Burke era. And can Hazelwood, can he pick up that slack? And that's the part where it's going to be, it's going to be buck wild. But I mean, Hmm. still like the rest of the, the things that I think about all the time is, and this is the way that I kind of look at stuff is, when you see this team, and obviously, put it that Cincinnati, they have Cincinnati. You said BYU, right? Right. And then, but here's the thing: Auburn's going to be going through some weird transition. I don't know what's going to happen there. Yeah. Does anyone know what's going to happen at Auburn? I don't even know if their coach will be there at the end of the year. Like, I have no clue what's going to go on at Auburn. LSU is going through a transition. Mm-hmm. Okay, great. We have some stability. They don't. Um, Old Miss. Losing a quarterback, they're going to be, and you guys get them in, that's what, the middle of November? So they'll know who they are by then. But it's just, it's one of those things that for me, looking at it, South Carolina early is better than South Carolina late because Spencer Rutler's going to figure it out. The guy's really good. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I feel bad that people are dumping on him. Like Caleb Williams came in and saved their world when what Caleb Williams did for Oklahoma was come in and just like play this frenetic brand of football. Yeah. That it it was it was literally not if if you look at Oklahoma's game plan and then what happened, you'd be like, oh, none of this was on the <laughs> exactly. Team. All I know is that son of a gun cost me money in the Texas game. Although Texas's yeah, defense was sure. uh, completely asleep at the wheel late in that game. Um, okay, yeah, so, also, yeah, go ahead. Cincinnati, Cincinnati, Cincinnati early. First game, new quarterback. Yeah, that's true. New number one wide receiver. New running back. New new safety. New both corners, new entirely new defense because Beavers is gone too. Hmm. Let's get them. Yeah, I agree. They're over under set at ten. Pretty ambitious, huh? For, for Cincinnati? Yeah, that's right. Wow, that's crazy. How about this? How about Alabama at ten and a half? Is that the lock? I mean, do you not love Alabama at eleven and one this year? Yeah, I do. Same. I, you get a mulligan. What? You get a mulligan with that bet? Yeah. I'm surprised it wasn't at 11. Yeah, honestly. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's they're like they're coming into the season. 
obviously I know they lost their wide receivers, but they have guys that are ready to step up. They've, I don't know if people have been paying attention to this because it hasn't been popularized, but they've been murdering in the transfer portal. It's been really scary what they've been able to do there. I thought the Henry Toe thing was a one-off, that they were going to be able to get him, and then that was like, oh, we got the best linebacker from another team, and he just came to our team. And then all of a sudden they were just like, we're going to get this best player and this best player and this best player and this best player and this best player, and then we're all going to, we're just going to jam them all on our roster. And, oh, by the way, we still also have, you know, we've been a top two, top three recruiting class every single year. Right. Texas so – go, go ahead, sorry. Uh, sorry, I'm in, a, I'm, in a, I'm in a maintenance hallway in the oh, I thought you were. I thought you were ordering another whiskey. Uh, Texas A&M's at 8.5. If they go under 8.5 – they may have to run Jimbo out of town, huh? Like that. There's pretty big expectations in uh, College Station. Listen, he's all tough, right? Mm-hmm. I can't say what I want to say because that <laughs> you guys will get a fine. I, I know what you mean. That, yeah. He was. He thought he was big king of you know F bounce. So yeah. You want to listen? You want to show up? He beat Alabama one time. You, you think you you think you're the man? Let me tell you something, buddy. If you don't think Nick Saban got that game circled, he's going to beat your brains in, and he's going to make it hurt. <laughs> It's going to be interesting to see how that works out. But eight and a half for them, it feels right, like mm. what they're going to do. But it doesn't feel like it should cost $10 million to do that at Texas A&M. Yeah. Does that make sense? How about App State going in there week two and beating them? That'd make me happy. Mm. It's a pretty tough non-con game. Oh, man. Let me tell you something. Back home, folks would lose their mind. Oh, yeah. I mean, it won't be it won't be the Michigan. Well, where, where's, A&M, where, where's A&M going to be ranked preseason? Top 10. Oh, that's so cute, Wes. Top we share, share the same opinion, yes. So if Abstack goes in there and beats them, that might rank on the scale of um, the Michigan game, right? Yeah. I mean, Abstack's pretty dang we'll good, though. We'll see what the spread is, obviously. Yeah. We'll see what the spread looks like, but the reality of it is, is, oh, especially with UNC is going to have a down year this year. NC State is the team I think is going to bubble through the surface out of the state of North Carolina. We'll see what Sam Hartman, as a super senior, is able to do at Wake Forest. But I think NC State's going to be the best best team in the ACC in the in the state of North Carolina. We'll see what happens with App State, but if they go in there and make that win, I tell you what, folks are going to be, they'll be, they are, they are small but mighty. And yeah. I don't even think small, because most folks don't realize this, and, and obviously, I think you guys probably have some of this too, whether it's with Arkansas State or anybody else, another, uh, a school that people quote-unquote consider small in Arkansas. You can hear them. It's like with uh, Louisiana and McNeese State. Like, once they do something, you can hear about mm-hmm. it. So, yeah, Sam Houston, App State, Miami, those are their non-con games, and they play UMass later in the year. The eight-and-a-half seems a little low to me. The expectations, they better get to nine. Uh, before we let you go, Michael, Razorback Baseball snuck out of the regional with a win over Oklahoma State. They're heading to your old stomping grounds in Chapel Hill. I don't know when the last yeah. time you were uh, on campus was. I was there a couple years ago. But uh, any wow. advice for our friends traveling to the Triangle? Uh, you got to check out He's Not Here. Um, it's literally a bar that's named after it, – it's Michael Jordan's favorite bar. Okay. And it's named after the owner having to say, he's not here. As in, is Jordan there? He's not here. Okay. And so – What's the best thing so, to bar, – is there a barbecue joint you'd suggest? Eh. Now, all the mm. barbecue stuff, that's small town. You got to – I'll be quite honest with you. The barbecue is small town. Uh, but I will say, if you get a chance to go to Sutton's drugstore, okay. it's a great little brunch foot. And then there's a place called Sunset Biscuit. And it is 
down Franklin Street a little bit, but they have these huge biscuits, great breakfast, like especially you go out that night and then you go to, you go to excuse me, it's not sunset, sunrise biscuits. Okay. And you go to sunrise biscuits and that's going to treat you right in the morning. It's so good. They are. The biscuits are perfect. Like they're all handmade. Mm. You're going to love that. Mm-hmm. And top of the, I mean, honestly, if, if you're an Arkansas fan and you're going to make it, make the trip to Chapel Hill, um, check out top of the hill. It, it, the food is good, but the big thing is the experience of being, you're literally up on the corner of Franklin and Columbia, and you get to look over Franklin Street and see everything going on. And campus is a little bit more dead now, so it should be easy, it should be easy to get in. But Topo is so great, top of the hill, and it's just a corner bar that you have to go up the stairs or up an elevator to get to, and it just has it's got good food. And it's got this nice, like, overlook of you can see frat court, you can see the the, the 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 main intersection in Chapel Hill, and you can see all those things, and it just looks really cool. It's where they take all those pictures from when UNC. And listen, I'm going to get in my bag right here. But when <laughs> UNC, when we become the University of National Champions, that's where that's where everybody kind of streams out to. You you're not you're going to call it BS on this, but it's true. I, I was like, what, the way you were describing, I was like, that sounds familiar. That sounds familiar. And I pulled up the pictures. I literally had a couple beers there when I uh, Central Arkansas played at Duke a couple years ago, and we went over to Chapel Hill to look around. And uh, mostly, I just wanted to see uh, you know kind of the some of the, the museum stuff. But um, that we had beers up there. It's an awesome setting, yeah. to Michael's point. So It's a great setting, right? Yeah. It's really Beautiful. cool. You go out yeah. on the patio and you can chill out. It's so great. Like that was I haven't been to Chapel Hill since I haven't been to Chapel Hill in a decade. Okay. Um just work just doesn't allow for me to do that and obviously then moving to Chicago doesn't allow for it. But I definitely the first place I took my wife during Letterman's weekend was top of the hill. Nice. And it's the first time my wife's six one. It's the first time <laughs> she felt short. Because I had a bunch of friends that are on the volleyball team. Oh, okay. They're all six four. And so she was like, I've never been, like, the shortest girl. <laughs> that is weird, uh, especially when you're on top of a of a tall building like that. Yeah, it's a great setting. That's a good spot. And uh, he's not here, Sutton's and Sunrise Biscuit. Now I want to go. No, I know. I'll, I'll pass this along to our reporter, though, who's heading out that way. What's going on? You guys know more than me. I've been watching the Women's College World Series. That's no, been awesome, too. Attentively. Yeah. It's been so good. And, by the way, if anyone's interested, get into women's. Get into college softball on oh, Instagram. They have so, so good. many good videos. Yeah, it's but, uh, yeah, it's what's amazing. What's going on with Scott Forbes? Is he going to be able to? Is going to be? Is he going to be able to coach, or is he fully suspended? No, he was suspended for the first two games Sunday, and he okay. co- he was there Monday, yesterday when they won, or okay. Monday when they won. So he's back. What did he get suspended for? He, okay. for arguing the over field. the okay. botch to call, or he thought it was a botch call in the infield fly rule. Okay. And then he came back and argued some more and argued some more and argued. They kept telling him, go back, go back, go back. And they have a rule, if you (laughs) don't leave the field in time, you're suspended for two games. Did he kick dirt on the guy? Yeah. No, he he was just arguing emphatically. That's lame. Well, Michael, we got to run. I appreciate you. Safe travels, my friend. We'll talk to you in a couple weeks. Listen, i got to run, too. My flight's about to take off. I'm going to be the last guy on board. Thank you, guys. You're a good man. Thank you, buddy. Safe travels.